0: Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vicini. We are presented by The Athletic today on the show. It's just a little mini episode. We did two, we did essentially, I think, an hour and 40 minutes, two hours yesterday with Matt Penny talking about all of the NBA draft prospects in the 2021 NCAA tournament. But today we're talking about something else just near and dear to my heart it's gambling. And there's no better person to have on to talk gambling in college basketball than our good friend Jim Root from over at the three-man weave. Jim, how you doing, man? It's good to have you back.
1: Oh, it's great to be back. I'm kicking my legs up, settling back in after uh, we didn't have season-long pool this year, so we didn't get to do that discussion. But man, it's good to be back in tournament time talking to you. I'm, I'm very excited right now.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited for season-long pool next year. I need it back in my life. I uh, just desperately need it back in my life. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk for 30 minutes just about gambling here on the NCAA tournament. And we're going to talk about like our favorite first-round matchups. We're going to talk about picks. This is not going to be like a crazy episode. It's going to be like a little mini-episode as much as anything. So I guess that my first question for you, Jim, is going to be something that someone asked me in the comments regarding my picks that i gave on the athletic he said just curious how you balance single how you balance betting single tournament games with having like multiple brackets and picks and like money pools and futures uh that that question came from sean m on the athletic so i'll ask you that question how do you balance betting single tournament games with like all of your futures activity
1: I pretty much keep them kind of like separate, separating church and state there. I, I, I isolate yeah. quite a bit. Even like, for instance, when I'm filling out my bracket, I'm looking at a lot of these 5-12 games, and man, I want to pick some upsets there. I like a lot of these 12 seeds. But from a pure handicapping perspective, I think the lines are short. I think the, the value would be on the favorites, if, yeah. if anything, if I were to bet them. like. Uh, particularly Villanova and Creighton. I think those lines are a little bit short. Even though I really do like Winthrop and UC Santa Barbara and, and may pick them to win, uh, I did pick Winthrop. So, it's it's definitely something where I kind of look at them in, through two totally different lenses. Uh, game by game is more just like discreet every single day type of thing.
0: Yeah, like I, I know that our friend Jordan Sperber wrote about when you're filling out your bracket not to go game by game, but do more of a bracket value uh, mentality and he sent out a link in his great newsletter uh, hoop vision to explain what bracket value is we don't have enough time to like dive into that but taking a holistic view for your bracket versus just like a game by game bracket I think is often the best way to have success in those things but I'll be honest I care way more about betting game by game like I, I just yeah. this is what I like at the end of the day and that's what I do.
1: I, I, every bracket pool I enter, I feel like I'm just like, I'm kind of lighting money on fire, and it's fun to be in it with people and, and joke. I, I have no inclinations towards winning bracket pools, really. It, game by game, though, I intend to try to win every one of those bets. So that one's a little, it's a little more competitive than the pools are, are a little more casual.
0: Right, 100%. So let, let's do some of the first round things, and I'm glad that you brought up Villanova Winthrop because every year we kind of and this is what i wrote like we we kind of anoint a 12 seed as the one that's gonna get the upset right and this year it feels like winthrop is the one that you know was anointed from the uh, immediate word go uh when the bracket got released that villanova was dead on arrival and winthrop was going to win this game i agree with you i think this line's short like i think it's I think six points and this all of these lines are gonna come via Bet MGM, the exclusive gambling partner of the athletic. The athletic, the athletic. Yeah. Um, so I think this line's short and I like it's not that I don't respect Winthrop. I think that they are really good and really talented, but and I think they could easily win this game. I just kinda think that we're selling Villanova and Jay Wright short here in a pretty big way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, like y- you said, after the bracket, Winthrop was dubbed the 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 12 seed to win. I almost think before we even saw a bracket, I think people were like, Winthrop's going to win a game and Villanova without Gillespie's going to lose early. And then you put those two together and people were just like, oh yeah, auto upset. Like, this is definitely happening. Yeah, But th- yeah, the the spread, like... Based on what I've had power ratings, based on what you have with analytics, like Ken Palm has it ten, Bartorvik has it up there too. It, unless you think Gillespie is worth five points or something, it's hard to say that there's value on the Winthrop side. And maybe he is. Um, they, they don't have a great replacement for him, and for what he does with the way he you know kind of navigates with the dribble and keeps it alive and sets everybody else up. But it still feels you know that there's there's some differences between these two that six points just feels like it's too close if i had to bet on pure value villanova's the side
0: yeah and that's how i felt too like i felt like it was short and i think there is a case that gillespie is worth four or five points maybe like I, i don't think that's a terrible case i mean according to pivot analysis villanova this year was about 13 points better per 100 possessions when he was on the court offensively versus what versus when he was off the court. If you limit that sample, just to top 70 teams, uh, it's like six points. And I would think that they're better defensively by going with someone, maybe like Brian Antoine or someone with more size, even like Chris Archidiacono, uh, or just playing Justin Moore at the point even is really going to help their defense. I think so. I, I struggle to see, how he's worth four. Um, Maybe you could sell me that. The other part of this is, too, that, like, we have I don't want to say we've been down the road with this Winthrop team, but, like, you go back and you look at this core. The same core of Winthrop guys was there at the beginning of last season for the most part, right? And look, Chandler Vodran was just starting his college D1 career. But, man, they struggled against Clemson, against Syracuse, against Auburn. Like, teams that were had high major talent like they got beaten pretty easily by double digits in those games
1: yeah I, it's they, they they've got dj burns like so the one down transfer that actually does come from that level but right you know, Vaudron's Vod, a d2 transfer adonis arms is a d2 transfer uh some of the other guys are, are solid like they, there's baby nicholas claxton is sitting on this roster which is which is kind of <laughs> wild um but it, it's it's more like a depth thing than it is super high level talent um they they're solid they're really good across the board they play great defense they've got big physical guards but yeah I mean I just somebody like Jeremiah Robinson Earl is clearly a matchup problem in this game yeah um, so it, it pace is also probably huge if Villanova slows them down they're not as good in the half court and that and yeah. that matters
0: and like a big thing for them too is that a lot of what they did in the big south was. They were able to take advantage of being bigger across the board than teams. Like Chandler Vaudrin is six foot seven, Adonis Arms is six foot six, Jamal King's like six foot five, Chase Claxton, Nick's brother, is six seven. Like they're one of those teams. Like the Big South is mostly a bunch of like small scoring guards. Like those are the best players in the Big South historically. Mm
1: hmm. I, I, I Vill-
0: Villanova yeah. is going to be able to just switch everything against them. Like I think that it's going, it's not going to be a problem for them.
1: Yeah, I, the the like maybe the edge they have is Burns, the monster Zach Randolph esque post score, because Villanova has no post defense. But if he's on the floor, Villanova is going to abuse him on the other end. Like they, they will yeah. destroy him with the way that they pick on mismatches. So, yeah, I mean are we we should do thirty minutes on winter Villanova is what
0: I think. Yeah, let's do it. We're talking about players securing the bag when they get drafted in June. I need to tell you about securing your internet connection with NordVPN. What is a VPN? It's a virtual private network. A VPN reroutes your traffic through a remote server, encrypting it in the process. This is going to hide your location from your ISP hackers and from other people looking to get your data. Everybody knows that I watch as many movies as I can. I think I've probably watched like 40 or 50 this year already. Some movies are blocked in Australia. It's really hard for me to watch them. Uh, For instance, uh, anybody who's tried to get their hands on Godzilla minus one recently knows that it's basically only available in Japan and you need a VPN. If you want to go to like Amazon prime or something to be able to watch it. So, When I'm blocked from watching a movie in Australia, I just queue up my VPN. I change my location and it unlocks a category of movies from all of my favorite streaming services as somebody who's always on the go connecting to public Wi-Fi is a necessity, but it's also just a goldmine for hackers. That's where Nord comes in, creating a secure tunnel for my data to travel through away from prying guys. There are other benefits to Nord as well. Your browsing history is yours and yours alone. Your virtual location is masked from those who seek to track your every move. It's like having a force field around your online identity. NordVPN also goes the extra mile with threat protection. Malware, trackers, dodgy ads, they're all going to get blocked. It's like having a shot blocking big around your devices 24-7. Game Theory is offering an exclusive deal for NordVPN. You're going to get four extra months and up to 75% off subscriptions. Just head to Nordvpn.com slash GameTheory. G-A-M-E-T-H-E-O-R-Y to claim your account. Plus, with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Go to Nordvpn.com slash Game Theory to claim your account. Nordvpn.com slash Game Theory. Guys, I can't emphasize enough. Uh, how much i use nord every day of my life uh nord is a fantastic sponsor for us so go support nord and it's a great product so nordvpn.com slash game theory who is one that you're looking at that like i haven't written about or talked about yet
1: uh, that's a good question. Um, how do you feel about St. Bonaventure LSU? That game?
0: The game I'm most looking forward to, for sure. I kind of like LSU because I'm a little bit worried about Bonnie's being able to just like deal with their size and athleticism but i also just don't want to bet will wade against mark schmidt like no disrespect to <laughs> will wade like we've seen this matchup before and like it's not like will wade was terrible in these games but yeah like mark schmidt's fucking genius and that worries me
1: <laughs> yes he's incredible i mean he's got time to prepare i, I said like he's He's facing a Shaka Smart assistant, and last week he had a week to prepare for a Shaka Smart assistant in Mike Rhodes, and yep. they were up double digits like the entire second half. So, you know, different talent levels between VCU and LSU, but I, I, I like the Bonnies there. I, the coaching edge, I think that top five for Bonaventure can compete athletically. They're, they're pretty darn good, but right. my, biggest, my biggest concern there is foul trouble. If Big Shun gets two fouls against Watford in the first five minutes, then it might be a might be real trouble in paradise for the Bonnies.
0: I mean, they play seven guys, really. Like, that's it. Yeah. And
1: like, the, the seventh one got in the game with, like, five minutes left. Like, they basically went five and a half, six guys in that 8-10 title game.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's kind of a weird uh, weird dynamic compared to LSU where they go pretty deep. I don't know really. Like, I'll probably stay away from that game just because I think LSU is, like, very talented and they're coming in hot and... You could tell me that, like Darius Days and Trenton Watford, get uh, uh into foul trouble, and this game is just kind of done if they do that. I think. Like, I, yep, I don't know that's, how. That's Bonnie's, the concern. Yeah, I don't know how Bonnie's like comes back from that if that happens.
1: Yeah, because his backup is a nobody, and it's just such a drop off. So yeah, I, I will be close to eye up for that. If anybody likes live betting. That would be a thing I would look for. Potentially take LSU if he gets in foul trouble. Yeah,
0: That's a really good call. How do you feel about Oral Roberts, Ohio State? Like, are you just kind of waiting like I am to see if Kyle Young is going to play or not? And then trying to figure out, like, is this a thing that we can actually do?
1: Yeah, I'm probably, if I, you know, on a side, I lean towards Oral Roberts because just I think they can score against Ohio State's defense. That's mostly it, though. I think there's points. I think this is a bonanza of points. Uh, I took the over at one of the early numbers. I mean, it's been bet up three or four points. I still think it's a little low. Uh, I, it's 157, 158, I think. I mean, Ken Tom has it 162, and that's not the end-all be-all, but there's no reason to think either of these teams is going to stop each other. It's just, does Ohio State slow them down? Maybe. But I think they're kind of willing, willing participants in an up-and-down game if Oral Roberts gets it going that
0: way. On what... Level. Where do you think Max Atmos is among the great point guards in this NCAA tournament? Because that's a name that people don't really know. But I think that he would probably be a top ten point guard in this NCAA tournament for me.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. Does it make me a big jerk if I say that his it's pronounced Asemus? If I do that to you, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's pronounced Asemus.
1: Yeah, it makes no sense. I, I I watched a couple of their games and thought the guy was getting it wrong every time, but. Yeah, there's no S at the beginning, but that's apparently how it is. And he's not foreign. It's it's bizarre. No, but no, he's
0: he's from like Texas.
1: Yes, <laughs> it, I can't explain it. I can't explain it. But he, I mean, he's just a walking bucket. He's forty three percent from deep, ninety percent from the free throw line, and he is smart too. Like if you yeah. double him, he's he's going to punish you. They've got shooters everywhere else, so he'll happily spray the ball around. He's a joy to watch. If they played any more defense, he might win a game or two and they'd have a better seed, but man, their offense is so much fun to watch.
0: Yeah. I actually do like the total in that game. I probably will bet the total in that game. Uh, by the way, but I'm good.
1: Hop in with me. Yeah.
0: Bet MGM has it at one fifty six and a half, and a half folks. That's a good number. still. I think,
1: yes, like compared to what's out there. I think that's, that might be one of the best in the market right now.
0: Um, are you, so I've been seeing like a swing back toward Wisconsin from people Originally, it felt like people like North Carolina. I like North Carolina in this game quite a bit. Have you kind of noticed that swing back to Wisconsin? And how do you feel about this game?
1: Yeah, because, it, it, you know, I what I saw, I think it opened one, went to two. Like North Carolina minus one, got up to two. Now it's back down to one, one and a half. So there is some buyback. I just think this Wisconsin team is uh, lame, but I, I just, I don't <laughs> think that, <laughs> I grew up a Wisconsin fan, so I can be hypercritical. Um, there's, there's just not a lot of pop to them, and, and a lot of their seniors haven't developed. Like, Reavers has the yips from the perimeter, Davison has the yips inside the arc. He's shooting like 20% inside the arc, and they're going to get rolled on the boards. I just, other than Trice making things happen and Potter maybe doing some some inverted inside out stuff against their bigs, I'm not sure they score, and I think Leaky Black can kind of blanket. Trice and North Carolina in the offensive glass is going to have a field day so I, I'm, a, I'm a Carolina guy here
0: so people always talk about how it's better it's easier to slow teams down than to speed teams up right like that's always the number one talking point when you have one of these crazy tempo uh, difference matchups right North Carolina uh, is what something like top 30 in the country in pace top 40 in the country in pace and Wisconsin is obviously in the bottom 30 or so in the country and picks, I just, it's hard to slow down that North Carolina break, I think, because they're just going to go. And then once they get you in the half court, I think you're in trouble just because they're going to out rebound you to hell. Like if you told me North Carolina takes 15 more shots in this game than Wisconsin, would that surprise you?
1: No, not at all. I mean, I, I think kind of like a sneaky bugaboo of this Wisconsin team is their transition defense. Isn't very good, which is like not a, A thing you think of with them. It's like, oh, Bull Ryan, they get back, they keep you in front. But, like, per hoop math, they're 222nd in defensive frequency of, of transition opportunities. So, teams are able to run and just kind of look in their game by game possession counts. Like, they went over 70 possessions twice with Illinois, who wants to run a little bit. They went over 70 with Penn State. I think when they play teams that run, they end up running with them a little bit, and you can't do that against Carolina if you're Wisconsin. I, I wish them luck if they try.
0: Yeah, and the other thing about this front court, like everyone talks about, Micah Potter and Nate Reavers, and like even like a Leem Ford playing the four occasionally. Tyler Wall, I think, is going to be really good, but. Um now, I think he is like pretty good on defense now, but like these guys aren't great defensive rebounders. Like They were middle of the pack in defensive rebounding in the Big Ten this year. Uh, this yeah, is the, not... the best
1: stat is the, the Reavers-Potter uh, combined for zero defensive rebounds against Iowa in that one game. Yeah, like, see? Seems bad. That's a problem. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> <laughs> Alright, so we've gotten 17 minutes here, and I haven't even asked you, what is your favorite bet on the board in this first round?
1: I think we actually the first thing I bet when it came out was the Ohio State Royal Roberts over at like one fifty four. So that okay. was probably my favorite. Um, I've I waffled between some others for favorite. Uh, I like I like the uh, the Bonaventure one I mentioned. I, the, I, I really like all three. Like it's not all not all four, but three of the thirteen seeds that are yeah. getting like seven seven and a half points. I think Ohio North Texas and Liberty all have some advantages in their matchups and can cover those spreads. I'm not sure how many of them went out right. I, th- I think Ohio might, but I just think those are going to be close games The Purdue, North Texas one's going to be really, really ugly. Um, and I-, I think the teams are, the- those dogs are built to hang around in those matchups. So plus seven and a half on all of them, I would like.
0: So yeah, Liberty is at seven and a half still on BetMGM, MGM and they really slow it down. And they run that like pack line defensive scheme, where it's actually like a perfect matchup for Cade, right? Like if you're if you were building a defense, I feel like to play against Cade, that's what I would want to run in the college game, just because those closing down those creases for him to drive kind of is going to make him a perimeter player, and that makes them a bit less effective. The problem I'm having is. I think there's a real chance that he just goes, fuck this, I'm winning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's why I won't pick Liberty in my bracket. That's, I will not pick Liberty to pull the upset, because if it's closed at the end, he's going FU mode, like you said.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I think he's just going to go, I'm winning this game. And I bet you that it's one of those games, if I could bet the first, if they could give me plus five and a half for the first 30 minutes of this game... Or even plus like four and a half for the first thirty minutes of this game, I would bet hundred percent on Liberty. But I think there's just a real chance that if this game is like tied with ten minutes left, there's a chance that the lead stretches beyond the number because Cade yeah. just takes over and just kinda goes. You know that's
1: entirely possible. If we we in in the three man weave circles, we call that the fork where the dog hangs around. (laughs) But then if you're looking at like the ESPN game tracker of the score, the the favorite takes off and goes straight up and the the dog goes flat and it looks like a fork, (laughs) fork in the road.
0: Right. Um, Is there an under that you like in this uh, opening round?
1: Uh, There's two that I, that I am gravitating towards. Uh, And they're both like ugly games initially. So the total is low, but I think it is responsibly low and it belongs low. One is that Purdue North Texas game. I think that's yeah. gross. And then the game that I just—I don't even know if I'll watch—is—is Clemson Rutgers. Who's scoring there? I, I, both teams are far better defensively than they are offensively. I, I think they have some weapons to shut down the other team's key pieces. Like I, I think Rutgers has some bodies to throw at Sims, and, and then the other end, Clemson can can really shut down Rutgers. Make them jump shooters. So I, I think that one's going to be half court. Like fifty four to fifty one final something like that.
0: Was it that line open at? Wasn't it like well over one thirty at one point?
1: Yeah, I think so. Let me let me pull that up quick. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was too high. Is really the the main main point there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I think on the uh, the immediate selection Sunday show I did with Nicole Hour back, I kept making jokes about how unwatchable this game is going to be. <laughs> and Nicole, being from you know the area outside of Rutgers, was like, "Hey, like Rutgers just made the tournament. Like, let's let's stay excited about them." And I was like, "This game is going to be rough. I get it, but like, come on now." Um, yeah, yep. North Texas Purdue is a really good under. I think that North Texas Western Kentucky final in the Conference USA tournament was
1: just gross. It was forty nine to forty nine in regulation. Ugh.
0: Them <laughs> making us watch overtime was really just like kind of a crime. <laughs> yeah, why'd they do that to us? <laughs> so one of my favorites is Colgate Arkansas. I think that line is just low. I think there's a chance mm-hmm. that Arkansas wins that by like fifteen. Do you, where are yeah, you at on Colgate Arkansas.
1: I mean, I think there's a chance they could win by twenty five. Like it's. I'm not betting it just because I'm kind of scared of Jordan Burns and what he could do, what he did to Tennessee two years ago. But Colgate hasn't seen anyone even close to Arkansas this year. People have made the point they've played five other teams, and it's all Patriot competition. None of those teams can shoot, so their defensive three-point percentage is way, way deflated to make their defense look great. Now they're playing a team with a ton of athleticism, scores. like I think Justin Smith could have – 27 and 15 in this game there's yeah. just no matchup for him on colgate so yeah See, i i if i gun to my head i'd go raise your backs on that one
0: same with moses moody like colgate is gonna have to put someone who's six foot on him or they're gonna have to put someone who's just not an athlete on him yep like it's just not gonna go well I don't see a world where that goes well. And then on top of it, Arkansas has two really good on-ball defenders that they can throw on Jordan Burns and Jalen Tate, who won Horizon League Defensive Player of the Year in 2020 before transferring to Arkansas. And they have, uh, what's my Devo guy? Devo Davis. Devo Davis. Yeah. Yep. Who has just been awesome defensively this year. Like I, That is probably my favorite bet on the board, the more I've thought about it. And that line is going down for reasons that I can't fathom. Like that opened at at nine and a half. And I think it's down to eight and a half.
1: Yeah. I mean, if that gets down to eight, I I will probably, I'll bite because it's just Colgate hasn't seen anything like this all year. And the only way they stay in is if they make 15 threes Uh, and that's not being exact. I'm not exaggerating. I think they'd have to hit like 15.
0: Yeah. I think the number I said was 13 in the post that I did. Like I totally agree. Like it's just, in, like, I think it's gonna be really really tough for them to make it work um, yep. trying to think what other what other bets do we like we haven't talked about the Ohio Virginia one which is a very popular one out there this one to me is just kind of matchup and feeling bad for Virginia like I am gonna bet Ohio just in large part because it's hard for me to imagine a team coming off of a COVID pause executing. Maybe I've watched Louisville too many times coming off (laughs) of the COVID pause this year.
1: Yeah. Especially when you come off a COVID pause and it is do or die. Like it's not, the other team has no like lull in their schedule. Like a couple teams that came out of COVID pause for their conference tournament, like SMU got down 25 against Cincinnati because they came out of, I mean, that was a month long pause, but they're not practicing all week. They're going to get like a little shoot around practice in on Saturday after they arrive in quarantine on Friday. That's uh, Virginia. They're, they're not even in the bubble yet. I don't see how they. I mean, look, they're good. They're well coached. I just. Ohio's also good and well coached. So some of the pieces yeah. they have, I think, when you combine that with the situation, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a Bob Kitten boy.
0: So w- with Moses right out for Georgia Tech. This Loyola line has exploded to six. Yeah. Where do you fall on the Loyola Chicago uh, spectrum? Do you believe in them? Are you someone who thinks that they're a top 10 in the country team? Like Ken Palm has them right now. Um, it, and just like this line is like pretty close. Like where are you? Where are you at on Loyola Chicago and this first round matchup against Georgia Tech?
1: I like Loyola Chicago. I don't think they're top 10. I think it's probably a top 20-ish maybe top 25-ish team Mm -hmm. um they they got some nice inflated i mean they blew out missouri state twice and like it really boosted their ken rating. but it was right after missouri state had choked away the two drake games and i think they were just beat yep um so i I think they're great but not minus six i I took minus two here on loyola early like right after the selection show so I'm, i'm sitting on that but if i had no bet on this game and at the current line with right out, you told me I had to take something, it would be plus six. I just think that's, it's too high right now.
0: I think it's too high too. Like the the question that I have is kind of, do we think they have anyone that can like really slow down Alvarado? Like this is a really good defensive team. Like they're number one in Ken Palm right now. I think that's inflated. I think that's where it's inflated. Like I think they're a top 10 defense. I don't think they're the best defense in the country. I, I just am a little bit worried about can they slow down the scoring and the athleticism of this Georgia tech backcourt? But like, may- maybe this is just like Porter Mosier's a fucking genius and this is going to work. You
1: know? <laughs> yeah, that's entirely possible. I think the the zone aspect on the other end is tricky too, for Loyola, the like one, three, one matchup blob yeah. that Georgia tech plays. Uh, what's their names? Uh, they have, Loyola has seen zone on 60 possessions the entire season. Like no one plays zone in the Valley. And I think maybe that's going to trip him up a little bit, at least early on. Uh, I, I'm trusting Moser to figure it out, but it's something of when you're getting six points, like I don't think Loyola is blowing them out. So six points is too many.
0: That is such a good stat that I had no idea of and just really makes me want to bet Georgia Tech now and <laughs> go contrarian in that game.
1: I, I've seen. I, I think Jordan Majeski said like that. No one zones them because Crutwick's so good in the middle. But I also like. I just don't think anyone plays zone in the valley. Like they played Wisconsin in the non-con. They played Richmond, who's all nan now. Like they just haven't played a zone team. And this is going to be a, a weird change for them.
0: Where do you fall on the Syracuse San Diego State game? Because that's one that I've been struggling with uh, quite a bit. I think this line has actually gone towards San Diego State a little bit. Um, San Diego State is minus three. That seems a bit strange to me if if I had less trust in Brian Dutcher as a coach I would probably be like all over Syracuse but I have an immense amount of respect for Dutcher having watched <clears throat> San Diego State quite a bit this year and I think he might be able to figure out the zone but w- where do you fall on this
1: I'm, I'm with you like if I'm going to go against Jim Boeheim's kind of you know voodoo March magic I need to trust the coach that I'm backing And I do trust Dutcher. And I I think they have the pieces to play against the zone. They've they've shredded zones this year, but the zones they've played are Air Force and San Jose State. So, like, you know, grain of salt there. But you put Mitchell at the free throw line, Matt Mitchell, and he's a good passer. He can hit the floater or the mid-range jumper. I I think that's a great spot for him. And they've got some shooters with, with Seiko and Shackle and Terrell Gomez, so they—they, they, I think they can score against the zone. It's the other end where their pack line, compact defense, they're going to have to go outside that a little bit. You can't sit there and let Syracuse shoot over the top because Beheim and Griffin and, and those guys are too good. So as long as Dutcher adjusts there, I'm actually a San Diego State guy here.
0: Interesting. All right, so we've got about five minutes, maybe less, before I let you go. What is what is the thing you're most excited for within this NCAA tournament? Just because like, look, we've talked about the gambling here. We've talked enough about the teams. Just what are you looking forward to over the next couple of days?
1: Uh, Just like the general experience of seeing the games uh, for one, but I'm excited about the East region because I think it's entirely wide open. If you told me any of the top nine seeds won it, maybe top eight, I'd be surprised if Bonnie went all the way, but any of the top eight won that region and made the final four, I'd be like, eh, yeah, I get it. So I've, I've said on, on other shows that like if you want to bet a region future, I'd go to the East and I'd pick the team you like the best and go find the best odds. Like If you really like Florida State, go bet them. Or if you really like LSU, make maybe take a swing at them here because I just think the liver's injury opened everything up and Alabama's offense can get in some ruts. So I, I think that region is so wide open. I'm, I'm excited to see what unfolds there.
0: This is a good final question. We kind of started on what does your portfolio look like with futures? Do you bet any futures uh, on the NCAA tournament?
1: I I bet a lot in the preseason. So I've got a bunch sitting from from then. I haven't taken anything now other than the one I bet was Oklahoma State to win the Midwest because I found it at 16-1, to which just felt crazy high to me. I mean... I think it's because their analytics ra- their, their analytic ratings are, are low, like the 30th and Ken Palm. It's not great. But there's just kind of, you know, there's a Cade factor there. And I think it's a team that's way better than it was at the beginning of the season. Yep. They've come together, kind of figured things out. I, I just, with, when, it, when I have the best player on the floor, and maybe, you know, Io is going to be a, a, a duo or a duel in the Sweet 16, that'll be fun. But I think Oklahoma State 16-1 to 1 just to win the region, I, I found that appealing. I think that's value.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good one. Uh, bad news, Leonard Hamilton ruptured his Achilles getting off the team bus. My what? man uh, says it's nothing because he grew up in Gastonia
1: in North Ow. Carolina. I, <laughs> I, you know what? I've, I've listened to your pod when news has broken, and I've never been on it when news has broken, so I'm excited that I'm a part of this. I'm, my mind is blown. I can't believe that happened.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Jim Root, tell the people where they can find your work. Tell the people... Uh, all the many things that you've got going on
1: yeah um i, I would first say check out our website three-man-weave.com that's the word three we preview every single game in depth uh, at like 800 to a thousand words about every single first round game breaking down the matchup we've got picks down at the bottom of those of those um of those previews so check those out we've got our podcast three-man weave college basketball podcast Got a daily show on uh, SBR Sportsbook Review. We do that in the mornings before uh, we talk the games of the night and all other kinds of places. If you just follow us on Twitter at 3MW underscore CBB, you'll see all of that come across our feed. So if you're interested, check that out and we would appreciate it.
0: Matt, Kai and Jim are three of my favorite people working in college basketball media. Go follow them go to uh their three man weave it's uh 3mw underscore cbb on twitter right yep yep so go there find all of their work and then follow all three of them jim is at second chance points i know that uh what is maddie cox is maddie underscore cox what is kai's kai is
1: kai ky underscore 3mw but they don't tweet as much as me i'm the i'm the one that's participating being a man of the people. <laughs>
0: This is why you're the one that comes on the show and not Kai and Matt.
1: Oh, and you know what? I don't know if they'll listen to this and hear that. So I'm going to I'm gonna let, leave that jab out there. Let it linger. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love all three of you so much. Uh, thank you for coming on, Jim. This has been the Game Theory Podcast. Please remember, rate, review, subscribe, do everything you can to support the show. We'll be back uh, at some point over the weekend to talk about some of these games. But until next time, we'll talk soon. Bye.